this is the Art of Comedy podcast. Because I don't have people I've put through the class as, you know, examples. Um, I've just been talking to first just women that, that and how it's helped them with comedy. And then specifically the people that have gone through Christy's class, I'm really interested in talking to. But we actually, we have our first student going to start on Monday. Um, my friend Lynette, who moved here partially because of this. I met her that one night at Wide Right, I think. Yep, yep, she was in town. But yeah, what we're talking about here, you. Let's see, first, like what is your your origin story is what I call them. Like how did you end up in Christie's class? I spent like a few years like jotting down ideas for jokes and knowing that at some point I really saw myself trying stand up, but I just let myself get really busy and like created excuses for not really biting the bullet and going up the first time. Then I had quite a few friends that knew that I wanted to try it. And one of them was like, you know, I mean, I something I want to try too. So why don't we go to an open mic together and we'll have our first debut night together. And then a third one was like, yeah, I'll do it too. And so then we went to an open mic and the two of them chickened out mm. and the only one who actually went up there you know I mean it was, it's your first time up you're not going to do great but I did get a couple good laughs uh, or like what seemed good laughs to a newbie mm -hmm. and it was enough to make me feel like okay that that's enough I'm, I'm gonna actually try to do this regularly instead of just talking about it you know it was enough to kind of get the bug and, but I wanted a kind of like um, a safe space to workshop my jokes just to kind of, partly because I'm already um, 32. Most people who really become successful comedians start a lot younger. And I wanted something to help me to get past some of like the learning curve a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. So um, I took Christie's weekend intensive course. I think it was in December. It was just, so we did like class started on Friday and we had our performance on Monday. So it was mm -hmm. very short quit but that went well so then I started doing mics after that and then like a month later took her level which was spread out over like eight weeks and I just kept going to mics during that time and then uh at the end of our showcase there was somebody there who booked me on my first show, uh after she seen me on the student showcase and then I did my first two book shows back to back the same week as uh, everything went into serious lockdown for COVID. Yeah. So we had a Wednesday show, a Thursday show, and by Saturday my bar was closed and I was unemployed. Um, so everything yeah. came to reaching hall, um, which was like really frustrating because I was like, oh, I'm so new and I'm already getting booked. This is really exciting. And maybe it's, you know, means that I really should be doing this. And then, um, basically didn't do it. No comedy was happening at all. So I was basically just locked inside for like five months. Uh, and then I started working back at the same bar now, like with like the new COVID restrictions and they converted everything to an outdoor space and our sales just weren't what they used to be uh, before COVID. So they really wanted to get some entertainment in to build up an audience and get people, you know, ordering drinks and, you know, being customers. And uh, I'm on a very good, I have a very good relationship with the owners of my bar and they actually came to support me at my, sh my, yeah, I met them. Yeah. yeah. So they watched me do comedy and they knew that I knew other comedians and they were like, do you want to spearhead doing a weekly show here and at our other spot? So basically I went from not, 
producing wasn't even on my radar. And I went from like absolutely no experience producing to immediately producing shows a week. Then those went much better than I expected them to, to the point like where I'm allowed to keep going. And um, I have been giving myself a set here and there just to get back in the swing of things. And I have a couple bookings, you know, book shows coming up this month, which I'm really excited about, but I'm definitely uh, very under practiced for my performing because I've been so busy producing and there just isn't, there's just not a lot of open mics. The only one that I know about is on a night that I produce a show. So I can't go to that one. Um, yeah. So I definitely still need to find the right balance to not let my performing side get overlooked. I, Cause I don't want to only be a producer as much as I'm yeah. enjoying. I do really like it. I'd like to keep producing as well. As in, I started at 38, so I understand that. I did not have a class. I was in Wichita. There wasn't an option. But I came out to Denver after a, a month in to make sure I was funny. I lived here before, and I loved Denver, and I loved Denver comedy already as just a fan. And so I was like, I'm going to go hit some mics in Denver. If I get good results, then, then I'll know that this is worth devoting my life to, because that's what I wanted to do. And, uh, and it went well. So, uh, but I produced in Wichita pretty early because I had to, there just, there wasn't, it's kind of the same situation we're in now. There just wasn't stage time. Yeah. There weren't shows. If you wanted stage time, you had to go make it. And so I, that's what I did. I I would travel two hours away to go to Mike's and all sorts of stuff. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, that's dedication for sure. I, I definitely got lucky because I stand up is something I've been wanting to try for a while, but I'd already been living in Denver. I I didn't move to Denver for comedy. I moved here just because for the, a lifestyle change from New York, and it just coincidentally ended up be where where I finally started giving it a shot. And I didn't realize how lucky I was with the scene here until I'd already gotten started because uh, I'm pre COVID, of course. Uh, the scene is like the perfect size if you're new to comedy because there's enough happening where there's constantly places you can get stage time and constantly open mics, but it's small enough that it doesn't take forever to get noticed if you're doing well. And, yeah, and also there's a, there's a good community of females here. Yeah. Um, and I think that overall the scene is probably better. Um, what's the good word to say? All the words I have to say sound too severe. Um, you know, regulating, we're good at regulating overall. I mean, there's, you know, no scene perfect, but I'd say overall, um, the majority of comedians are good at, at keeping this scene safe. Yeah. You know, and that being something they think about and a priority and understanding the importance of keeping the scene safe um, for everyone. And so I really like that. I've, I've gone... I've spent some time in, in a couple other scenes that like Midwestern scenes, you know, like Kansas city and Omaha and, and things like that. And, um, it's not there, you know, there's, they still have so far to go when it comes to things like that. Um, there's also, yeah, there's a lot of female comics here. That's one reason that I wanted to be in Denver with the nonprofit and all that is, is because of that. And because of Christie's class and it just, this is just the perfect place to be. And if you're just wanting to do stand-up, if you don't want to be an actor, you don't want to be a writer, 
not that you can't do those things here, but if you just want to do stand-up, Denver's the perfect place to be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It really is. Um, so do you think that, I know you haven't had actually stand-up in your life very long, but do you see like the benefits? Like has it done anything with transform your life at all? I mean, I was definitely um, hungry for a long time for a creative outlet and I just didn't really know where to send that energy. So it's definitely that for me. I like, I definitely have a lot to say. I'm still figuring out how exactly to make it funny. Some of the things that I have to say, um, but it definitely gives me an outlet for my thoughts, uh, about the world. And it's, it's the first thing in a very, very long time that I've gotten excited about working towards Yeah, because I'm like for a very long time, I had this like really weird, like kind of almost like an, and I, I, ironically, I saw myself as an incredibly ambitious person, but I wasn't working towards any goals because there was nothing, I didn't know what I wanted. And comedy is the first thing in years that I was like, okay, this is something I actually get excited to grind towards. Mm -hmm. The process of working towards the goal needs to be uh, exciting for me in order for me to work towards the goal, you know, and the process of comedy is exciting to me. Yes. I think too, it gives you hope even when bad things happen and you can find the funny in it that it makes things not so bad. Yeah, I always oh, definitely it's an, an incredible tool to process, especially the harder things that are going on in your life or in the world at large. I mean, comedy is this isn't anything new. I mean, a lot of people feel like comedy and humor has an incredibly healing effect. And I think that's true. I mean, so, most dark situations can be made better with humor. Yeah, that's the whole goal of the nonprofit. I mean, really, if we make comedians, we make comedians, but if they don't end up you know, becoming comedians. Um, I think that even if I quit comedy now, the benefits that it's given me over the last four and a half years are going to stay there, you know, just like a, a level of confidence that I didn't have before. I don't think I would ever quit comedy, but <laughs> yeah, not all together. Yeah. But and I also like touching on that. No, I feel like comedy is also, um, I'm proud to say I do it. I get excited to tell people that I'm a comedian mm -hmm. and that's something else I haven't had in a long time. Like I don't get excited to tell people I'm a bartender, you know, yeah. who cares? Who cares that I do that? I never, I've never had anything that I ever devoted myself to, to this level besides my children. Yeah. And I, I'm done raising them. And so, but outside of relationships like that I've never had uh, anything that's ever excited me or made me want to work or made me want to just abandon everything and go live in my car to get out of Wichita because that's what was going to be best for comedy right um I've never been in love with a person like I'm in love with comedy you know yeah ever um it's the most important thing <laughs> and i think that that is good for you know people who a lot of people start comedy at a rock bottom i don't know if you were at a rock bottom but a lot of people started at this rock bottom place they've had a breakup or this huge life-changing event or something and so i i've seen you know in other people and in myself how comedy has helped them 
come out of it. And so when, when people say comedy saved my life and stuff, it's cheesy or whatever, but it's true, you know? Yeah. So I think that it can, I think that if I can get the nonprofit working, that it, it's going to help some people. You only need to help one for it to be worth it. Like if you've helped one person, that's already a lot, you know, but yeah. you could part, hopefully. And I love the first person we're going to help. Uh, she's one of my best friends. So yeah. my roommate, if only I ever help her, I guess it'll be worth it. Definitely don't stop there if you don't have to. <laughs> no, no, I'm not stopping. I want, I want to go into prisons. That's like one of my bigger goals. Yeah. Like women's prisons uh, or youth facilities or with troubled youth. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. That's pretty much what we talk about on the podcast. Just kind of like, uh, like I said, cause I don't have testimonials. That's the word I was looking for. I don't have testimonials yet. And so this is my way of kind of just getting, you know, like gathering data for scientific study of, of why my theory is that comedy helps people and that it helps women uh, initially is the initial theory that it helps women gain. gain it definitely gives women a place. I mean, you're just, you get to go up there and everyone's paying attention to you. Like there's a lot of women who've never had that in their life before. Yeah. Yeah. Just the empowerment that it makes you feel. And then I think that there's other communities that could benefit from that empowerment and that in a grander scheme and the big universal goals, it'd be great to get a more diverse, uh, voices out there you know like Lynette is a woman and she's a lesbian but I think that she has a unique perspective um on her life and being a lesbian that we don't hear a lot of you hear a lot of lesbians you hear they stay home with their cats kind of lesbians or they're married or you know what I mean and, and she's like a single gal and she's yeah. um yeah on the prowl and I you don't think you hear a lot of lesbians talking about that part of of life and so I think she has a unique perspective on the whole thing yeah there's so many other voices to get out there you know different gay voices different lesbian voices and trans voices and there's just so many voices <laughs> that aren't heard enough and that's Absolutely. how you make social change I think is you desensitize the society and then it I, I I agree completely. Yeah. So that's a bigger, grander goal of the nonprofit, like big dream, like maybe someday, but it'd be nice if that happened. But the main goal is just to, just to help people overcome trauma and to be more empowered to hold their heads up and speak, speak their truth. Thank you so much for talking with me. Yeah, of course. I'll talk to you later.